0: Hi, this is John Leahy, host of Airing It Out, files from Leahy's broadcast booth. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for tuning in to the podcast on a weekly basis. I truly appreciate my great audience. I'd also like to encourage you to consider subscribing to the podcast. We're on Apple and Spotify and virtually any place where podcasts are heard. So if you like the content, please consider subscribing. I appreciate it once again. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you'll enjoy this week's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of Airing It Out Files from Leahy's broadcast booth. This is John Leahy, and we welcome you to the podcast once again. We had a wonderful time on the podcast last week. Jim Janot was with us, 23 time New Hampshire Sportscaster of the Year. Uh, Jim and I had a wonderful chat. And uh, he's really a terrific, terrific guy. And if you missed that episode or any other episode that we've done here on the podcast, we invite you to check it out at leahystorytelling.com. That's L-E-A-H-Y storytelling.com. All the episodes that we have done are on that website. And uh, you can find some cool things too there. You can find some videos. You can find... Uh, my blog. You can also rate any particular episode you want from zero to five stars. You can also leave your own written review on the website. And I also invite you to check out my website at johnrlahy.com. When you go to that website, this podcast links directly uh, to the website and uh, it's all uh, neat and wrapped and tidy. And uh, we invite you to uh, check all of that out. And so, we're going to move on to this week's podcast episode, and it is my great pleasure to bring in my younger brother, my young guest brother, uh, Steve Leahy, who is a, uh, an artist uh, who has really done it all. He's uh, an airbrush artist, and uh, he's his work has been featured pretty much everywhere, online and uh, in all different places, and we'll get to that. and. Uh, Steve comes to us from Ohio, he's uh, back locally for a a little bit here, and Steve, it's great to have you on the podcast here.
1: It's great to be here.
0: All right, so we're going to talk about a a lot of things here, and uh, I guess where we can start, we're going to get to your education in a little bit, but I want to talk about how you really got into your love of art, and I know there were a few influences here in the family that we'll talk about, but... Uh, So let's go back to the beginning. And and where did it all really get going for
1: you? See, I love it because you know the backstory. This is almost like you don't even need to do this. Um, As you know, we have a lot of artists in the family. And I think growing up with that really kind of got my head kind of into that. Um, I've drawn my whole life and I knew that that was something that I could do. So then to have that kind of pushed along by by our father, who uh, was who amazing, a draftsman, and had an amazing um, ability to kind of capture detail in his drawings, and then, of course, our uncle, our Uncle Mick, his brother, who was uh, just an amazing watercolorist. So those two guys really kind of got the ball rolling for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So maybe we could touch on that a little bit more. You know, our dad was uh, very much into the art world. He was, you know, kind of along the line of architecture, you know, kind of with the technical drawing and stuff. And I know that, uh, you know, he and you had a lot of chances to talk about art, but how particularly did our dad kind of shape you? If you could give some specific examples.
1: So that's easy. Um, so he was uh, an optical engineer, but before that he was just, he's, he's been an engineer his whole life. And he used to own a company with another partner of his, and they would do a lot of um, uh, technical drawings. I don't even know what kind of technical drawings they were doing, what they were designing, but they had this draftsman's company. So I remember that dad had a lot of his stuff set up in the basement, and um, it used to just... I don't know, looking at his his templates and his pencils and then ultimately his technical drawings and seeing how clean they were. That was just, it It blew me away. Um, it, it was amazing that a human could produce something that looks like a machine yet still have all this artistic quality to it, even though it, they were draftsman types things and technical, technical drawings and they were meant to be you know, very precise and everything. There was an art to them that, that I just couldn't wrap my head around that, that someone could do that. And it was great that it was our dad, you know, it was nice to be able to see that type of thing. It gave me respect for the tools that he was using as well. And, uh, and all that kind of played into the passion that became what I do now.
0: When you, uh, when you kind of let on that, that art was a big thing, uh, and you had a chance to, you know, talk and talk to dad and, and, See what he was doing. Uh, what kind of in inspiration and encouragement uh, did he give to kind of spur spur you along to the path?
1: Yeah, he was he was great. Um, it was really whatever makes you happy. That was his big thing. Uh, he he he, uh, he said basically do whatever you do that makes you happy, but do it the best you can. Um, he always said no matter what you do, become invaluable at it, and that's that was that was great advice. Uh, it was nice because it it. <sighs> You know, art and music and those kind of things aren't traditional career paths, and they're difficult mm-hmm. and they're tough, mm-hmm. and there's no easy way to do it. But he was always uh, uh, of the mind of if it's something that's really important to you and you're passionate about it, then you just you just have to do it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like broadcasting. One of those one of those careers that the- is uh, is completely. Uh, uh, a kind of a non-traditional uh, field so I, I understand exactly what you're talking about so my dad's our dad's older brother uh, Lieutenant Colonel Albert Michael he served in the Marine Corps and he was a combat artist and he had a chance to uh, be on site for some military battles and maneuvers that he had a chance to sketch uh, and there, his paintings are all over the world really but uh you know, this is interesting because he was your godfather. And I know that you and he had a lot of opportunities to talk. Uh, let's talk about his influence and how, how he kind of pushed you forward.
1: Yeah, he was great too. I mean, it's the same kind of thing. So he's a watercolor artist and he was a combat artist. So they would. Uh, his job was to basically document what was going on. And, um, and yet he would do that in a way that was very loose. And very artistic. He had very precise. He had, he he knew he had to give, the proper respect to what was going on, and a lot of that you know, when the military is equipment based, like vehicles and 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 all kinds of things. And he really did a, an amazing job at kind of giving that specific and technical storytelling with this artistic flair in this watercolor technique that just. That again, as a child, I couldn't wrap my head around. I couldn't understand how someone could do those things, uh, and and he did them on a regular basis. As as we kind of went along, and as I kind of dug my heels into being an artist, he was one of the great people that would not just say, "Oh, that looks great," you know, "That's that's fantastic." He would immediately, and in a very kind way say, okay, what was your motivation? What were you trying to get done? And where did you fall short? And let's talk about that. So he was an amazing influence in just kind of setting me on the right path and getting me going in the way that I should be going and thinking about things.
0: Well, you know, I mentioned a few moments ago that aviation was a big part of his artistic repertoire. Is that kind of where you got interested in the uh, aviation type of art? I know you've done a lot of work with that stuff, but uh, was that really the first
1: jumping off point for your interest there? 100%. I wouldn't, I would have done any aviation art if it wasn't for really three people along the way. It was first Uncle Mick, our brother Kevin, who is just over-the-top with aviation. His love for aviation was hard to ignore growing up. Uh, and, you know, when you see someone with a passion like that, you kind of think about, you know, why? what do they see in it? Why are they so passionate? And you can usually find something that's very interesting. And then later on, uh, my sister married a uh, Navy F-18 pilot, and that just completely kept everything going. It's like, you know it's just the, the the passion and the excitement of, of that particular career path is hard not to have it rub off on you. So all that kind of led to all the aviation art that I did.
0: How personal is it for you when you do military type artwork? That's got to be a little bit extra special. It's got to give you a little bit of pride also, uh, knowing what these military folks have gone through. Does do you put a little extra oomph and, and, and love into that type of artwork based on the significance of it?
1: You almost don't have to try. You know, their passion for what they do, the men and women who are pilots and crew members and everyone involved with, well, all, mostly all of the military, but especially aviation, it seems the people I've run across are extremely passionate about what they do. And it's not just about getting the job done, which is the most important thing you can tell that even if they didn't have that drive or that direction of the military itself, that they would be equally as passionate about what they do. So for me, it was, it was super easy to get caught up in that. And then add to that, if you are doing a painting uh, aviation wise of, uh, of an event that actually happened, you know, that to listen to their stories and how they survived or how they tilted the, 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 the battle to, to, a favorable outcome and survived, it's just, it's easy to tell that story. So that's, that's really where that passion came from. All right. So, uh,
0: education-wise, you know, you, you graduated from Stoughton High School here in Mass. Uh, Stoughton, Mass. And you went on to UMass Dartmouth, and you got your degree in uh, Bachelor of Fine Arts. Uh, tell us a little bit about that educational experience and how that kind of cemented your love and pushed you forward for the for this type of work.
1: Yeah, go Black Knights. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I graduated um, from high school in '87, and I was fortunate to have a, uh, a just an amazing art instructor um, uh, that, that uh, unfortunately passed away just after my freshman year. But he was uh, he was really key and a lot like like Uncle Mick. He wasn't the kind of guy that would kind of say everything you're doing is great. He would he would regularly kick your butt, and um, and that was you know just what I needed. Uh, and again, unfortunately he passed away my freshman year, so I didn't get to kind of have the benefit of having him for all four years, but it really just that one year was monumental. So I ended up going on to, uh, college and I knew I wanted to be, um, in the arts. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, whether it was graphic design, but once I got to school, it was pretty clear that, uh, I love telling stories and that led me into, uh, a, a kind of a illustration type of, um, Direction, so I honestly thought I'd be doing kids' books and greeting cards and things like that. But uh, but yeah, I, I really loved painting and I loved telling stories, and that kind of shifted everything just to a pure painting direction, and that's kind of where I went from there.
0: I think one of the cool things about your work is that some of your work has been uh, displayed in the Smithsonian down in Washington, D.C. I'd love to hear you tell that story and, and how gratifying it was to
1: have your artwork displayed there. I came so close to being in the, in the Smithsonian. So the story behind... Oh, you were, it didn't get displayed? Technically, no. Um, but um, but what had happened was I was a, a member of the... Uh, There's an association of uh, aviation artists, the American... Uh, if I get this right, because it's been a while. It's the American Association of Aviation Artists, and or the american society of aviation artists one of the two uh anyway so i was a member of that organization mostly because uh uh our uncle mick was a a a big time member with that so i knew that if i was going to follow that aviation path that that would be a good group to be in and it's juried so it's not like you can just join you have to submit artwork and they they you know kind of review it and let you know if you're in so i did get in which was nice and uh after i did that they had a annual show that kind of moves around the country and there was one of the shows was to be in the smithsonian Mm -hmm. and uh and i got work in the show which is again juried so you send your work in and if they feel that it's right for the show they they put it in unfortunately at the very last minute that show moved venues so even though um it was scheduled to be in the smithsonian it ended up moving to uh another location for that year but i still wear that one with pride that uh it was only um uh, you know a hair's width away from being in the smithsonian yeah i mean i'm sure anyone would be uh, delighted to have Uh,
0: you know, that opportunity and and the fact that that you were uh, very close to having that work displayed there is is such a boon for your career. But uh, uh, I think we should talk about the airbrushing because I think it's it's something that's, I guess, kind of misunderstood and uh, you're the technical expert at it. So, first of all, before we get into, you know, actually what airbrushing is and how it works, how did you first get... Uh, interested in that medium of airbrushing?
1: Yeah, so that happened in school. Um, I was uh, in college in late '80s, and at that point, I was aimed at commercial art, so illustration and things like that. And at the time, all the big illustrators that I that I really loved uh, were all using an airbrush. So I would look at these pieces of art and I would try to identify what I really loved about them and it always came back to the same thing these artists like Soriyama and David Kimball they were all doing these amazing pieces of artwork and the one common thing in their style or the result of their style was that they were using an airbrush so in 1988 I decided I would take whatever money I had and um and buy an airbrush, and it was great at the time. My, my, you know, dad was working for a company as a as a designer, as a uh, draftsman, and their art department had someone who knew about airbrushing. So one day I went in with dad, and we had lunch, and he introduced me to this uh, gentleman. I wish I knew his name, but I. I I forgot it and and I wish I could give him credit but he basically said this is what you need to buy and it was way more money than I was planning on spending I bought the airbrush didn't have anything to run it it sat on the desk for months but uh, that was really the beginning of it and then from there it was just every project that I had for school I was determined to learn how to use the brush and uh, that's what I used for the for the all the projects for the rest of the way out it became a passion
0: All right, so let's talk about the primary tools that you used. As far as the airbrushing is concerned, it's use paint, watercolor, and airbrushes, right? So tell us a little bit how the process works.
1: Yeah, so the best way to describe an airbrush, um, a lot of people have this notion of airbrush as a spray can. And there is a lot of uh, the same kind of qualities between the two. You're actually atomizing paint or breaking paint down with... uh, uh, with 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 air so you atomize this paint you break it down to little tiny bits and it, it it sprays out of this tool essentially like the size of a pen the biggest difference is an airbrush has a little needle in it and that needle helps direct that paint flow so in a great quality airbrush today you can basically write like it's a pencil or a sharpened you know sharpened pencil you can get the most fine detail out of it that you could imagine so the misconception is that it's a big spray can and you just hose everything down but it is an amazingly precise tool Uh, so what I found that I I really love about it is it gives you options that you don't have with any other tool and then when I mix that with paintbrush you you kind of cover the entire gamut of of all these techniques and it really has opened up a whole bunch of uh, very interesting type of effects and, and way to get things done. And it it has really become like, again, it's just become an amazing passion for me.
0: And as part of your career also, uh, Steve, you've also uh, written and talked about how airbrushes work. You also had airbrush 101, which is a a piece of literature that you were involved with. So um, has it been a goal or a passion just to kind of educate not only artists, but everyone, how this process
1: works. Yeah, that kind of came on the side. I mean, i I grew up, I grew up around teachers. You know, from everyone, from Uncle Mick to uh, to a, a lot of. I've 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 been involved. As you know, we come from a real musical family, and and we, we we're around a lot of musicians, and a lot of those musicians I know are also teachers. So this whole idea of passing on what you know has always been something that's been there, including with dad. I mean, it's always been about lessons and and getting better at what you do. And so... W- as I learned more with the airbrush and I became more comfortable with it and had some success with it, uh, it was just natural to pass that on. And I knew that that's really like a, going to be a big part of, of what I do. So that led to writing the airbrush one oh one book and it had, it it's involved, you know, a lot of the magazines that I've been in have all been educationally based. They haven't just been just, you know, features they've been how to's type of type of thing. And, uh, and you know, that has led to all the social media that, that I do now is, is, is really based around kind of passing on the, the, that knowledge. Great stuff.
0: And I want to touch on one particular type of work that you've done. We're going to talk about your website and we're going to talk about the live shows that you do as well. But I want to talk about the work that you do with razor blades. You know, you want to talk about precision, okay? Uh, you can't get much more precise than, than the type of work you do with airbrushing and razor blades. So you got to fill us in on this whole process and take as much time as you need.
1: All right, so that's easy. Um, we, and again, I'm, I'm talking to you like, you know, this is an interview, but um, we have we have a lot of the same experiences because we grew up together. And we're competitive a little bit and then by the way he's the more handsome one okay so not true not true (laughs) um so so there's a good type of competitive where you know you're, you're trying to do the best that you possibly can and it's nice because it doesn't matter what everyone else is doing you're just trying to be as as qualified and as uh, as successful as you can at what you do. So the airbrush again is a, is a basically a, a tool that sprays paint. And like we talked about, you know, the new airbrushes can get very, very detailed, but there, there is a, there is a, um, a goal with airbrushing and, and that is how detailed you can get. Mm-hmm. So along the way I've had, uh, you know, I've been in this, uh, group of people who, who do this type of work and it, they're fantastic. But that is really the goal is how, how fine and, and detailed you can get. So that has led to the, the, the really tiny, tiny paintings. Anytime someone says, you know, that can't be done, that's an immediate flag for me to do that. Mm-hmm. So this really fine detail painting has been, has, has been, and, and still is a, a real hallmark of being able to kind of show what you can do with, with the tool. So the, the, the way you show that is by painting really, really small with it. And, and that has led to, um, to doing these smaller and smaller paintings until now we're down to, uh, razor blade size, which are extremely small and, and, and they're, they're a lot of fun to do, they're challenging, but it's a challenge that really makes it fun.
0: Given the fine detail that you're working with, do you ever get frustrated if, if like something goes wrong? Given that small little area you're working on, do you ever get frustrated when you're painting and if something doesn't turn out exactly the way you want
1: it to? I love this question because, especially for passing on what you know, every single painting is frustrating Mm -hmm. every single piece of work is is this i call it a tractor pull and and that's for me that's what's fun about it you know that's to to overcome those challenges uh is really what makes them that makes them a lot of fun and again for passing it on it's wonderful to be able to say to someone that it's not easy you know when someone is new and they're having a hard time it's so much fun to say, it's never going to get better. You know, it's like you have to embrace that challenge, that, that you know, that, that, that just tractor pull so that in the end, when you get above it and you produce something that you really like, you know, you have something that, that you could really be proud of. And that's, that's really what it is. It's all about the challenge. They're all mistakes. <laughs> One of the great paintings I think
0: that you've done and probably my favorite painting is the one you did of your daughter, Emily, my niece. Uh, It is one that has stood the test of time, and I loved it when it first came out. So I know that, of course, she loved it, and I know you loved working on it. But how much of a source of pride was it to do
1: a painting of such uh, an incredibly uh, personal nature? Emily's a blast. Um, she puts up with so much garbage from me. Uh, she's a common target for me for paintings, and I've done many paintings of her. and uh, And she's just she's she's a great sport, and she lets me kind of you know uh, uh, use her image a, as much as I want. and uh, And I've certainly taken advantage of that. So yeah, it's it's always special when you do something for someone that you know closely. Uh, certainly my kids are high on that list but when you know when whenever i get a chance to do something for family it's always you know it's always special so yeah she's uh she's a good sport and and she's making you a grandfather <laughs> yes she is that's brand new i am a i am a brand new almost granddad in july yeah she's going to um she's going to give birth to a baby boy and uh and he's going to be the next target of a bunch of paintings <laughs> Uh, great stuff, great stuff. We're talking with uh,
0: Stephen Leahy, and uh, his, his work can be found at uh, com. and uh, we're going to talk uh, a little bit more about uh, the website uh, coming up in just a few minutes. But um, you were recognized, Steve, this uh, this past year, actually, by the Butler Institute of American Art. So uh, I know that's something that is, is very important to you. And so tell our listeners about uh, kind of what that is, what the award is, and, and how it all came about.
1: Yeah, that's huge. I actually did hang artwork at the Butler, which was nice. Um I moved to Ohio during the pandemic in 2020, and there is a uh, an amazing uh, museum in Youngstown, Ohio called the uh, Butler T- Butler Institute of American Art, and uh, it's it's not a school; it's a it's a museum, and they have some amazing artwork, in, including some amazing airbrush artwork. So, uh, I had entered their show. The beginning of last year, they have a they have a couple of shows that that are big, and one is a national show, and this is the one that I had entered. It was wonderful because I entered an airbrush piece, which uh, which which I was you know really happy with, and it it ended up getting into the show, and it ended up winning an award, which was even more amazing. Uh, there were only about eighty pieces that were accepted, and they were from all over the world, and it was just an amazing. It just. To hang in a gallery is one thing. To hang in a museum is an entirely different thing, uh, because you, you're you're among the just historically the, the the most amazing artists ever. So that was a that was that was a really really great time for me.
0: Absolutely, and uh, we we need to touch on your significant other as well. Uh, her name is Marge, and uh, she is uh, quite the artist herself. She's made uh, significant. Uh, accomplishments in the art world, and, and how big of a support role has she been and kind of not only embracing what you do, but kind of pushing you forward as well?
1: Yeah, Marge is a blast. So Marge and I met because we are both airbrush artists. And uh, you would think that would be fun as far as competition goes. And it is because she is equally as competitive as I am. Uh, However, she has a completely different skill set. She has the detail that I do, but she approaches things in a completely different way. Uh, She is is a a wonderful sculpturist. And An amazing graphic artist and then on top of that. She is just an amazing airbrush artist her path led her through T-shirt airbrushing to start and then she moved on to motorcycles, which is a you know custom painting Which is a different path than I took so it's actually really fun because the one thing that's Just great about the airbrush is that there are million paths that you could follow using that one tool you could do makeup you could do fingernails uh cake decorating temporary tattoos all these are you know different things that the airbrush does extremely well so what's wonderful about it is it's a great community of people who do all different things so as far as you know how we go head to head with competition it's it's a lot of fun I, i love it um but uh, yeah, she definitely does. Um, you know, a different style of work. Uh, she just got her degree in sculpture from Kent State University, and uh, just had a big show in, in Cincinnati as well. And again, it's close enough to what I do, but different. So we we get along really well.
0: Well, as long as we're you know kind of bringing it back to family, uh, as everything comes around in a circle again, uh, we got to mention our, mention our sister uh, Katie Bartell, who uh, is. Uh, one of the most, if not the most creative person that uh, the world has ever seen. She, like you, uh, is been involved with design and artwork. She graduated from the Rhode Island School of Design. And, uh, you know, we can all talk about w- what a great uh, influence uh, she's been on both of us, but I know uh, with you and the artwork, it's really been taken to another level, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, and again, every... It every artist basically art is like music so you could have a musician who was extremely proficient in jazz and yet they they hang out with a rock and roll artist and they both have appreciation for those two types of genre yet they might not be able to do both of those things well art is exactly the same way so to see what my sister does it's just it again. It just blows me away. And again, what's wonderful about it is we have sort of the same path. Meaning, she also has the influence of of, of our dad, and her precision and her technical ability is just mind blowing. However, she produces a completely different style of art. Uh, her graphic design is 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 off the hook, and uh, and and it's it's amazing to watch her do what she does.
0: And I would be remiss if I didn't uh, mention our other brother Kevin, who, uh, although he is most well known for his musical ability, I mean, let's not forget he's a great artist in, in his own right.
1: Yeah, uh, it's he is a, he is a human jukebox, um, just just an amazing musician, um, and 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 yeah, and then he uh, he has his painting ability on top of that, and I think what's nice about all of us is you know we're all kind of on that same scale it just slides around you know and, and, and it's it's neat to see the four of us in in the same creative just kind of kind of vein but yet totally different but yet still tied together i mean i just look at what you do and your attention to detail and your ability with with numbers and names and that type of detail reminds me of dad it's, it's, it, it's no different between any of us. So, so I, I think it's really neat to see how that same influence, it takes a different form with each one of us. And I think
0: all four of us kind of, uh, got the charm aspect from dad. I mean, dad was, dad was incredible with human beings. I mean, I would go into a car dealership with him and I would watch him just, I would marvel at the way he would deal with people you know? And I think I'm kind of getting off the track and I do want to get back to our discussion here in a minute, but uh, I think we all, like you said, we all took something from dad and and we're all making a lot of good out of it.
1: Oh yeah. 100%. Um, the way, the way he interacted with people, I think is something that he was, he was great about instilling in all of us. And, and I, I, I don't, I, I can never repay that into the universe. Uh, it's just, it's just wonderful. But again, I, I like I think about what I do and 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 how how I how much I love interacting with people, and that's 100% him. And we, we also have to
0: mention our mom because she's create she's creative in her own way with the cooking. I mean, she the stuff she does culinari- culinarily, if that's a word, yeah. it's just the stuff of legends.
1: Yeah, it's not even the creativity with her with her for me it's the this is the job you need to get done and you will get it done there is no there is no backing down there is no excuse that is what does what i feel like i need to take away from her it's just it's just mind boggling that that you know with with her resolve when she sets her mind to, it's, it's something that, that I again, that, that I will take a lifetime to try to emulate, to try to even come close to.
0: All right, let's talk about uh, your live shows, which is uh, something that has become extremely popular. I know uh, family members have tuned in. I've tuned in many times. Uh, a lot of your friends and associates in the art world have tuned in. Uh, it happens on Mondays. Uh, tell us a little bit about how that show got started, what it kind of consists of, and uh, how people can find it
1: yeah absolutely i have a i have a, a friend who i just re- actually recently got to meet for the first time we've been acquaintances through the airbrush for a long time his name is kent lynn actually there are two artists that i need to give credit for the live feeds uh one is kent who uh who is a amazing t-shirt artist out of minneapolis and uh the other one actually before that is Mike Learn. Mike Learn is a, a custom painter motorcycles and cars out of Colorado. And uh, both starting with Mike, these two guys both started this whole internet you know painting live and and it's something that I always loved to watch and I'm like, you know it's something I'd really like to get into so uh so so that's really the two guys that kind of set the format for me and uh and 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 i took it from there what i find i really love about it is art isn't necessarily for the most part isn't a performance art like music is i i love you know i I, i've as as you know i mean i love playing the drums and you know when you perform live that's a that's an interactive thing and there isn't so, for what I do, there isn't a lot of similarity between what I do and then and, and performing live. But these live feeds are just that. They're just like playing out. And it's it's a blast. Plus, it also ties into being able to kind of pass on what I know. So it all made sense for me to start just opening up the studio and painting live for everyone once a week. And that's where these Monday night things kind of came from. Uh, we have a blast. Uh, I try to give away a painting every week, and that has been a lot of fun because the, the folks who jump on the feed actually get to suggest the paintings that we do, and I do five of them a week, and someone wins one every week, and it's just a whole lot of fun. Everyone kind of goes back and forth and is a lot of conversation, and, you know, we just have a good time.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the uh, interesting things about the feed is that you have the comments that are put in in real time, so you can read the comments and interact with the folks that are watching. So it kind of kind of really makes it a family type of an atmosphere, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. A, it is a blast. I'm fortunate that uh, it's still to the point where I can really keep up with the with the people commenting, but they can. It's we do it live, and people can you know make suggestions and you know talk about different things. Um, and that's that's been a lot of fun. It is It is getting big and it's to the point where sometimes, especially now, I miss a lot of comments. So I've made adjustments along the way uh, to the content that I've been providing both on Facebook and YouTube to kind of address that. So I have a, this very similar thing on YouTube now called Open Studio where I pre-recorded the video and then we premiere it live on Wednesday night so the advantage there is I'm not painting live so we premiere it so I am there live and everyone's commenting live but I can watch every single comment and get back to everyone we're on the Monday night thing it's great but because I'm also painting I don't always get to see everything And, uh, and that, you know, I want to make sure I get a hold of everyone. So, so it's been nice. It's almost kind of creating itself, the content, the way, the way that it's going. Where can people find the live feed if they want to tune in? So it's easy. All you got to do is go to my website at stephenlahey.com and all the links are there. We're live on Facebook every Monday night at 6 p.m. Eastern standard time. I go live on YouTube at 1 P.M. Uh, Eastern Standard Time on Thursday, and then you can get the whole schedule right there. I put a bunch of content on YouTube every week, and uh, and yeah, that's the best place to do do it. If you go to the website, just uh, sign up for the mailing list, and you'll get you'll get all the info.
0: Well, let's talk about the website. It's at StephenLeahy.com, and you know it talks about uh, you know how you have uh, gotten started uh, in the business, and uh, also. Uh, some of the awards that you've been able to uh, uh, acquire over your your long career. So uh, tell us how proud you are of the website and, and how that all came together.
1: Yeah, the website is a blast. Um, it It is nice because it's kind of the hub of whatever I do, so you can get uh, – you know, blog posts that talk about different paintings. You can get all the links for all the social medias there. And that's where the store is. So if you if you are interested in a piece of art or a print, you know, that's really the place to go. So it, it's nice. It, it really has become kind of the hub of everything. And, uh, and yeah, I just I, – I, I'm loving the way that it's all kind of come together.
0: We also have to put a plug in for the Facebook page uh, that you're – involved with. Uh, maybe you could tell our listeners, if they go to your Facebook page, uh, what will they find and and uh, how do they get there?
1: Yeah, Facebook actually you can find any of the socials by just looking up Stephen Leahy Art. It'll pop up on Instagram and Facebook, which are the two that I use the most for social media and YouTube also. Uh, and again, YouTube is Stephen Leahy Art as well. Uh, the Facebook page is, is mainly focused around the live feed on monday and then during the week what i'll do is i'll just uh post on different things that are happening in the studio so it kind of keeps you up on things but uh yeah really that monday night thing is what's what's the, the what the whole facebook uh page is based around
0: so tell us about your goals for 2024 and maybe some projects that you're currently working on
1: heck yeah yeah so 2024 is Basically, 2023 was all about getting the framework set up for the social media. You know, I really wanted to kind of solidify what I wanted to do with with the uh, social media presence, and um, that was wonderful. That really worked out great. It was really focused on the YouTube side of it because the Facebook side of it was already pretty much established. So I wanted to get the schedule worked out for the YouTube videos and the content, and that really happened. So from here on out, it's it's 2024. is really about getting people aware of things that are going on at all these places, and you know, getting people involved with them. Uh, the other thing that happened in 2023, which which really helps out me and keeping things going is we started a patreon page which you can look up stephen Leahy art there as well which is it's a great way if you are enjoying the content and want to be a part of it uh you can actually support me through patreon and uh and with that you get a discount on the website you also get a a specific uh, Patreon only video that appears on YouTube that you will have access to. And as well as, uh, the YouTube side of it, since I had a lot of people on YouTube as well. Uh, we started memberships over in YouTube, which is great because you get your name and lights essentially, and you, uh, get all kinds of other content as well as getting a discount on the store as well so
0: is patreon the only way that people can support you i know there's a on the website itself uh you talk about you know types of support but is that the only way or are there other ways
1: yeah, the number one way you can support me, and it's a win-win for everyone, is if you uh, go to the site and find a piece of artwork that you like, and you you buy that. That's that's the number one way because you win and I win. Um, if you are into it for the education and you just want to support me flat out, uh, again the Patreon page is meant for that, so that you know the monthly amount that you kind of subscribe to for the Patreon page basically keeps all the social media stuff going for me. Uh, and that uh, also includes the YouTube membership as well. Uh, you do get a discount on the store if you kind of uh, become a member on either one. But uh, but yeah, those are the three big ways that, that uh, you could support what I do here.
0: All right. Well, I've seen the live shows. I've seen quite a bit of them, and I know I may be a little biased here because I am the older brother, but uh, he does great work. Uh, My brother, Stephen Leahy, you can check him out on uh, the website at com. Be sure to uh, head on over to the website. You can uh, check and see when the live shows are. You can also visit his uh, Facebook page, Stephen Leahy Art. And uh, I always tell people when they do uh, uh, an audio podcast with me, the time flies by, and we're we're pretty much out of time. But, uh, Steve, I want to thank you for spending some time with us tonight. Uh, and, uh, like I said, you're you're in Ohio now, but we're grateful to have you back here in Massachusetts for a little bit. Uh, keep on trucking. Keep on doing what you do. And uh, the world is a better place for checking out your artwork. And uh, thanks for hanging with us on a Sunday. Bye. Pleasure, brother. All right. His name is Steve Leahy, and uh, you've been listening to Airing It Out Files from Leahy's broadcast booth. We invite you to check in with us next week. We'll have all new fresh content for you. And uh, be sure to check out leahystorytelling.com and uh, you can check out this episode and all the others that we've done. Have a great night, everyone. Have a great week. And we will talk to you next week. Hi, this is John Leahy please check out my website at johnrleahy.com. You can explore the history of my time in sportscasting from my early days to the present. You can view my resume, listen and watch my audio and video demonstration reels, as well as learn about this podcast, my internet radio station, the Harborlight Sessions Radio Network. Watch my music demos, learn about my books, audiobook narration, and you can check out my event calendar. There's also an informational section with tips and tools in broadcasting, along with my personal influences and cool links. Check it out at JohnRLahey.com.